When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Sows, cows, plows. Heck, anything connected to farming's on the menu here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. And our menu on this Tuesday morning includes a conversation with John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. As soon as he gets done chatting with us, he's going to put everything uh, together and head to Madison. Today is the annual UW Ag Outlook Forum happening at Union South starting at about 9 o'clock this morning. The entire Midwest Farm Report team is going to be there. Good morning, by the way. I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. Glad you're joining us for today. It does look like we're going to see some mostly cloudy skies. Daytime highs today right around 33 degrees. Tomorrow, a 70% chance we're going to see some snow showers. 31 are expected high. Thursday, partly sunny and 28. Friday, partly sunny with a 60% chance of more snow showers. 32 are expected high. I'll let Stumacher Ag Meteorologist bring us more details on that coming your way. At Compure Financial, we're defined by you, your hopes for the future as well as what you need today. As a local member-owned cooperative, you shape how we serve agriculture and rural communities. As a partner and part of your community, we're here for you with personalized service and expertise you can rely on. Contact your local Compure Financial team at 844-426-6733 or visit compure.com slash you for your lending and other financial needs. Compure Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved. There's a new education center in the works for Wisconsin that will help educate the community about agriculture from seed to table. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Mallory Payne, the marketing and communications manager for the Farming for the Future Foundation, says that the new Food and Farm Exploration Center in Plover, Wisconsin, will help consumers better understand where their food comes from. We broke ground back in April, and we have been making great progress as far as getting the building constructed. Um, We are already installing drywall on both the first and second floors of the center, and so construction is moving along really, really quickly, and we will be opening the center next August, August 2023. So a lot of progress has been made so far. Still some progress to come and quite a bit of things to finalize and still continue working on over the next few months, but construction is going really well so far. Can you talk about the partnerships that are making this possible? I know your website says Cultivating Connections campaign. Can you also touch on what that is? Yeah, so our Cultivating Connections campaign is just our capital campaign to get the building constructed and be able to open next August as planned. And so we've been embarking on a giving journey since March of 2020 and have raised more than $25 million so far of our $38 million goal and have just a little still left to raise to hit that building goal. What other partnerships have you worked with to make this possible? Yeah, we have a, a lot of great partners that have joined us on this journey. Uh, we have a lot of great partners from industry to small farm to individuals. It's just a really great kind of mix of people who are on board so far and who we're working with to continue meeting our goals as well. Once this education center is up and running, what all will it have? How will it work? Can you take me through that? Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be a combination of a couple of things. So first and kind of foremost is our will be our exhibit centers and that um, will be broken into two kind of categories. So our ag stem gallery will be for our older 
um, like kind of fourth grade range and up to adults. And then we've got our Sprouts Gallery, which is for our little learners. And everything that is in both of those exhibit spaces is going to be kind of the same information, just the Sprouts is on a very much playful, consumable level for those little learners. And then the AgSTEM Gallery, it's a little bit more in-depth, but also on a very hands-on level. So when you come to the center, we want you to get your hands dirty. We want you to kind of jump in and really play around. We've got some really cool exhibits that we're excited to kind of showcase as we get closer to opening. Kind of a, a preview of a little bit of those. We're going to touch on everything from seed to table. And unfortunately, there's been a little bit of gap in where, you know, the kind of farm-to-table movement has taken us in that it doesn't always cover everything that actually goes on from seed to table. And so what we're really doing is stepping in to kind of fill that gap. And we'll be covering the processing side, distribution side. We'll be covering truly everything from the moment it goes in the ground to the moment it's harvested to everything that happens after that between harvest and actually getting it to a person's table. So that is kind of one aspect of the center. And then we'll also have, uh, which is probably my favorite part, is outside we'll have four one-acre pivot plots. And those will be actually production fields. And so in the spring, we'll get to showcase planting. Through the growing season, we'll get to show what is happening, how plants are growing, what kind of applications are provided during the growing season to keep plants healthy. And then we'll also be able to showcase harvest in the fall. And just a lot of really awesome kind of programmatical things that happen between planting and harvesting as well. So those are our two spaces. In addition to those, we'll also have a really nice event center that'll be kind of the upstairs part. We'll feature a cafe where the public is welcome to come and kind of hang out. We're hoping it's a space that people can really use for whatever they want to use it for. So whether that's, you know, working remotely or working through or just having a conversation with a friend in the cafe, whatever that kind of looks like. So really the center is going to be a lot for a lot of people, but it's kind of also a place that will be what you want to make it. So it, it can be a lot of things for you or it can be one thing for you, if that makes sense. Once it's open, are some days designated for all general public and other days designated for more like school tours? Or is it always just open and come and go? Or how does that work? And then also with that, is there any chance for maybe hands-on learning for that farmer to come out or a new startup person or something to learn that something about farming, like you mentioned in planting or harvesting time for some of those demonstrations. We are still working on what our kind of schedule is going to look like. We're not quite there to have that nailed down yet. We are still working on what that'll look like, whether it's, you know, dedicated days to field trips or um, if it's open all the time or, or really what that's going to look like. We want to be accessible to everyone in whatever capacity we can be. And so that is definitely a priority for us, but we just are not quite there yet. On the second part of that question, will we be a place for lifelong learners, new people getting in the industry? Absolutely, without a shadow of doubt. We want to be really the premier resource for people to come and get that information that they can't get a lot of other places. And whether that's someone who's wanting to go into the industry but has no idea how to start, or whether that's a seasoned professional who's been in the industry for years, technology is changing constantly and evolving all the time. And so we really want to be a place that's showcasing the future of farming and what all is coming kind of down the pipe. And so absolutely, yes, anyone who comes to the center is going to be able to have their needs met and kind of essentially see themselves in agriculture in a way that connects with them and resonates with with what they're trying to take away from it as well. How was this idea started and why to create this education center? 
What trends yes. really caused this need? Yeah, so this is probably my favorite story to tell, and it really speaks to the heart and mission of what we're doing. So one of our founders is a pretty large potato farmer in central Wisconsin, and they were doing kind of fourth grade field trips at the farm. And part of that field trip was a scavenger hunt. So to identify where carrots were growing or where potatoes would be growing. And kids were looking up in the trees for carrots and at bushes. And, you know, as an adult, you, you kind of sit back and think, wow, how do they not know carrots from the, come from the ground? But truly, kids are so far removed from, you know, being able to go to a farm. Today, kids are six generations removed from having that personal connection to a farm and so it, it just kind of makes sense for them to not know right and so seeing that kind of going through those field trips over and over again our founders wanted to become part of the solution and not helping continue the problem if that makes sense and so really working to address the gap and where kids and, and people in general just don't know and don't have that connection to where their food comes from and really help to just give them a space to ask the questions that they may not have anywhere else to ask. Additionally, we know in the industry that we have to feed millions of people by 2050. And without a workforce, we just simply will not be able to do that. Less than 2% of our U.S. population works in agriculture. And that number has to change. It has to grow. We have to get more people involved in the industry. And to do that, people, kids especially, need to be exposed to that and shown there's a space in agriculture no matter what career you want to go into. If you want to develop apps, there's a place in, in agriculture for you. If you want to work in marketing and communications, there's a place for you. If you want to work in any sort of career field, there's a place in agriculture for you. And to showcase that early on and help to kind of shift that workforce percentage of people working in the in the industry is a primary focus for us and something that we're really dedicated to helping to address. So there's also in Wisconsin is the Farm Discovery Center. And some of the things you described kind of remind me of that. So can you maybe talk a little bit about the need for another one or how this is going to differentiate from that one or that type of a thing, just so people know that there is more than one option out there and why? Yeah, absolutely. So Farm Discovery is dairy focused and we are not competition with them. We're working to kind of coincide along each other and cover the other side of the plate. So we're specifically covering row crops, vegetables for human consumption. And so completely different side of the industry, very similar missions, if that makes sense. So we're, we're working together to tell the full story and not step on each other's toes either. Our entire team is thrilled to be opening the center. Every time we have a meeting, every time we have another kind of aspect of bringing the team together to talk about the plans and what we're working on, there's just so much excitement in the room that I know is going to fill the public when, when our space is open. And we cannot wait to open our doors to everyone. That was Mallory Payne, the Marketing and Communications Manager for the Farming for the Future Foundation. You can learn more about the new Food and Farm Exploration Center by going to FF. TF.us. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Charity Seebecker. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Is fatigue and lack of libido keeping you on the injured reserve list? It could be symptoms of low testosterone. After the age of 30, men begin to notice this reduction in quality of life due to natural hormonal decline. But there is something you can do about it. Carbon World Health offers custom-designed hormone replacement treatment. They'll determine if you need testosterone replacement or growth hormone therapy. Don't let low T keep you on the bench. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com.
Chris Collini with a dirty little secret. Growing up, we were encouraged to track mud in the house. After all, dirt has been our family business for generations. Today, we rely on more than our boots to transport our nutrient-rich soils. We have bigger trucks and better equipment if you need it delivered. Or you can simply pick it up at our awesome dirt-filled processing plant. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. Everyone dreams of that one special day. I'm not talking about a wedding day, a push present, or a big anniversary. I'm talking about a special day made just for you. Maybe you paid off the mortgage, finished a marathon, left the dork who couldn't see you for the amazing person you are. It's different for everyone, but it's a day that needs celebrating with a custom piece to bring a Mona Lisa smile to your face. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. I've had the opportunity to be involved in several programs in the Wisconsin Farm Bureau, one of which was the Farm Bureau Institute. It's a great leadership program to help develop leadership skills, whether it's social media skills or the opportunity to speak to legislators and learn different ways and tools you can use to help get your message across. WFBF.com. They've really helped my leadership development. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. Alrighty, and the next story coming your way. What's up with the weather? And that means it's time for us to turn our attention to Stumuck, our ag meteorologist. I guess, you know, honestly, uh, we are pretty uneventful this week as far as our weather forecast is concerned. Sounds like people in the northeast and what, the southeast or southwest? They're they're I- kind of in the crosshairs, huh? I'm looking down, uh, you know, Arkansas, Missouri, the Ozark Mountains. They're going to get a bunch of snow. I mean, this low-pressure system is going to pass just to our southeast. I guess that's the best way to explain it. Uh, Heading up from Texas, Oklahoma, right up toward the Mississippi Valley into western parts of Tennessee, Kentucky, then into Ohio. Now, it will be close enough to have some effect here. We are going to get a bit of a snow chance. Let's talk about what shaped up today. A little better chance to possibly see a little bit of that sun again. I caught it yesterday afternoon for a little while. I hope everybody got a chance to see it at some time. We just aren't going to get a lot of that, but let's hope for a few breaks today. But the clouds will redevelop. After all, there's a cool front just on the northern edge of Wisconsin. That low is forming off to the south. A lot of rain. There's snow in the panhandles of Oklahoma and Texas this morning. Rain across a good part of Texas. That's the system. That one will pass just up to our south and east, as close as probably southern Indiana. And that's the reason I'll talk about a snow chance for almost all of us tomorrow. Not going to amount to much if you're in western Wisconsin, but far southeast Wisconsin. Could see a good inch or two. I'm talking Racine, Kenosha, southern Milwaukee. That might be about it. But uh, then there could be some amounts closer to an inch further to the west and north. So a little snow chance with that system as it kind of passes off to the southeast. And that also allows for that colder air to start dropping in out of Canada. Not too drastic. I mean, it suddenly doesn't drop. We don't fall into a deep freeze. But we start cooling off for Thursday and hold on to a fairly mild temp yet for Friday. It's the weekend then when things really cool off. That little secondary cool front, if you will, drops through Friday. And that's when we drop it off. Daytime highs Saturday and Sunday, even on toward Monday. 
falling through the teens. We could be dropping down toward the low teens or let's say double digits as we make our way on toward early next week. There will be colder weather sliding right in here to wrap up this month of January. It is going to start to feel more like winter. Now, I didn't say we're going to fall into the deep freeze and, and never crawl out, but we are certainly going to get some very cold air trying to settle on in and take us on toward the end of January and into early February. I do expect that that extended forecast was telling us would be at and cooler than normal even into early February. Looks like it's kind of on the money. So that cold air starts to settle in as we make our way on toward this weekend. I'll have our forecast details right after this. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. The whole point of a turnkey installation is that you don't have to do anything for this system. We do it all. All the permitting, we do all of the work. Anything that needs to be done to make this system up and running and good, we take care of it for you. It seems like it never fails. I, I get a customer turned online and their solar is producing. Sure enough, that next month they want to show us their bill. Look, zero dollars. Go green, save green at OlsonSolarEnergy.com. Join the fabulous farm babe, Pam Yonke, along with Wisconsin soybean and corn growers at the 2023 Corn Soy Expo. It's February 2nd and 3rd at the Kalahari Resort in the Wisconsin Dells. Pam will be broadcasting on Thursday with Compere Financial at booth 409 and Friday from the Wisconsin Soybean Board booth number 701. For more information or to make plans to attend, visit cornsoyexpo.org. Alrighty, Stu, let's uh, have a little bit more on that forecast. Uh, like you said, uh, we expect this temperature-wise. I just, I actually wish we had a little bit more snow cover in the ground, at least in southern Wisconsin. Yeah, that would be a real benefit. Uh, it's barely covered in my neck of the woods over here south of Fond du Lac. It sure would be nice to have a few more inches. But what we're going to see today is going to be at least some glimmers of sun. Call it partly sunny. Could become mostly cloudy in the west already before the day is out. Temps just about 30 or a little above. 31, 32 will be a high with the west winds about 5 to 10. Now we become mostly cloudy, falling into the lower 20s tonight. Not too drastic. That's above normal. And the south winds will become east late about 5 Tomorrow is a cloudy day and some snow develops. It may happen already in the morning in the west and later in the day, the further east and south you are, but a little light snow developing. Again, up around 30 or so, east winds becoming north at about 5 to 10. And that little snow chance lingers, like I've said, could be an inch. There's some indication, maybe two in the far southeast point of the state. Uh, the rest of us an inch or less. I expect with cloudy skies on Thursday as snow ends, we'll be in the upper 20s with the north winds at 5 to 10. We could be back around 30 for Friday, Pam, but there may be a little light snow in the afternoon. No big deal there. But we hold on to those temps at least to get us through Friday. And then the cooler air lines up for the weekend and we'll know that it's the end of January. So what? how much are they going to get again in the northeast? I feel, I feel bad for those poor folks that are in like Buffalo and that. They, they just can't catch a break. Well, they'll get some lake effect as this starts to pull on through. I mean, the, the big snows, uh, Missouri, Arkansas, into Kentucky and Tennessee, that western part of those states. And as it climbs up into the northeast, they'll get the lake effect. Yeah, they'll probably talk another good eight or ten. Wow. Jeepers. Well, I mean, I can't say that I want it, but I don't think that it needs to get piled up all in one corner of the country, hey? No, it, it'd be nice if they'd share a little this year. You know, honestly, from coast to coast, everybody's been getting it but us. Yeah, well. I know it's early. That's the, 
the luck of the draw. Yeah, right, right. All right, man. Thanks. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. You bet. See you then. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, with the weather details that you're looking for. Yeah, like we said, as always, if you've got uh, something that you'd like to share weather-wise, remember, use that talk text line. That's for anything that you want to talk about. I'm the one that gets it. Toll-free, 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. I see my man John Heinberg's already online, ready to talk to us. He's going to give us a market update before we wrap it up on a Tuesday. Stick around. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Sweet Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta metal roof. S-W-I-T-A metalroofing.com. Sweeta metal roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. They say yes to seven straight days. A traveling dress rehearsal for you to get comfortable in the seat and feel the power behind the smartest purchase you've ever made. The seven-day, no-questions-asked return policy, if you need it, at Bergstrom Automotive. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. You know when you've really made it? When you finally have your own place and you can decorate it the way you want. Your Aunt Betty used to sleep on that old couch. It's time to turn drab into fab with lazy luxury from Lazy Boy Furnishings and Decor. That chair, it belonged to the dog. Time to start styling. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Chris Collini with a dirty little secret. Growing up, we were encouraged to track mud in the house. After all, dirt has been our family business for generations. Today, we rely on more than our boots to transport our nutrient-rich soils. We have bigger trucks and better equipment if you need it delivered. Or you can simply pick it up at our awesome dirt-filled processing plant. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Collini Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. This is Matt Gunderson, and this is Elmer, our canine cuddle ambassador, here to provide good-natured, loving, fuzzy support to further our level of personal care. Someday you might meet Elmer as we assist you with an individual life celebration. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com, over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. You know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers, like Blake, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, I appreciated the emailed estimate and text message communication about the repairs. Thanks, Blake. 
schedule your appointment. Tom'sAutoCenter.com. We'll make sure you get five star service. Tom's Auto Center. We're the getter, fix, getter, done to get you going, guys. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I, just so I didn't think I'd survive. But I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today. If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. Wisconsin Farm Bureau is an exciting organization because it has a plethora of opportunities for young farmers and agriculturists, specifically a young farmer and agriculturist program for members ages 18 to 35, where you can learn about leadership development, advocating for agriculture, and network with your peers. WFBF.com. You'll learn so much. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. The wanting your friends back, but wanting good players. It's like when your friends aren't good players, you can't have both. It's an oxymoron. Yeah. And frankly, Kittle was one thing. I felt the same way about Fred Warner. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a base level of holy crap, that dude is unbelievable on the teams that are left. I don't know how many of those dudes the Packers have. They do like, not there are have a bunch of them many. that they pay like that, but they haven't. The Packers don't have any like dudes. It. We convince ourselves that we have a couple of those Christian guys. McCann, or, uh, Christian Watson may be a dude. A.J. Dillon, sure. I mean, yeah. I'm imagine talking about AJ. on defense mostly. Well, defense, here's the thing. Jair Alexander can be a dude. People are going to criticize Brian, I mean, Brian Gutekunst. But remember at the beginning of the season, Ebo, I said some of the question marks we have coming in here is, can Devondre Campbell play at an all-pro level? He played it for the first time in his career last Two, I guess what two you, seasons ago, but he was like an average player in Atlanta and other stops before. Yeah, he balled out one year. Same as Rasul got Douglas. paid. Same, Same with Rasul Douglas. Can those guys that they forked money out to play to the level they played the year before? Because they had never done it any other time in their career. Now you're dishing out this money, but at the same time, fans wanted that. Yeah, because you wanted to keep the band back together. Well, they did. They didn't win, and it. Well, didn't go well. You're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. That, that that's what's a bummer about the Rasul Douglas Devondre Campbell thing is you let him go and like even if Douglas isn't balling out, like he's an important depth but, piece. But it's not also not his fault though because they moved him positions. Yeah. Like when he had his good success, then they flipped him. What do you want from the inside to the outside or outside to the inside, wherever it was? Joe Barry's not getting the most out of anybody. No, and they're like, well, maybe we could move him back. I don't know. There's also all of that. It's also a baseline, like, can your offensive line actually play well in a do-or-die game, which the Eagles did, the Niners did, the Bengals did. They beat them up inside. The Packers, like, entered that San Francisco game with a weird mismatch at the line. It didn't work. This year against the Lions, they were all healthy, and the line just didn't play well. Well, here's the other thing. Maybe the players weren't necessarily up up to par for where you'd like them at some of the positions, but where you were strong with the running game, you didn't really run the football. And when I look at Matt LaFleur, 
Just watch Kyle Shanahan yesterday. His play design and their execution where they got like three guys in the backfield. They're motioning George Kittle and he's lead blocking ceiling. And McCaffrey's got like five yards before he gets touched. Matt LaFleur's scheming and play calling was not anything close to that this year. And I would say he was never that before, but it was much better the two years, three years before. He's scheming to get his eyebrows done again. Maybe it's because you need a you know a young quarterback that you can you can have him do whatever you want as a coach. I just think the team. Okay, timeout. Go ahead. Who would you who would you want for the game tomorrow or the game this weekend against the Eagles? Brock Purdy playing quarterback for you or Aaron Rodgers? Same exact roster. Come on, Ben. Oh no, Rodgers definitely. But but when you talk about <laughs> being able to throw all this crap everywhere that Shanny does. I, like I, I think Rogers talks all the time about how he hates motion because he, he isn't able to read it and things are changing. I think he, Matt LaFleur would objectively open things up more and show more of what he could do if he had a controllable quarterback there hmm. that he can control. Rogers Rogers is a jazz musician. He doesn't like playing what's written down all the time, which is great. Like you get some of the most beautiful music in the world, but Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan, they don't want jazz, right? They don't they don't want to go way off the beaten path. They don't want long improvising jam pieces. Matt LaFleur of music. wants a four four beat with a, a yeah. single every yep. every metronome. Yeah. We're playing All with a metronome. Rogers wants like some seven, eight time signatures, mm-hmm. some six fours. Throwing in some jazzy notes. Who knows where the like song goes? Tool. Yeah. All I know Ooh. is that whatever music like they jazz. were playing, the hard Green jazz. Bay music seemed like a third grade class of kids playing the recorder. <laughs> but some don't even want to play. All right, we have uh, one more commercial break to do. Best commercial of the weekend coming up. First, line one. Who's this? Good morning. What's up, dude? Gavin, what's up, man? What's going on, brother? Now, we got, we got the whole crew in there today, huh? Hell yeah, it feels good, man. This never have happened before in studio, so oh, I love fam it. Damley. Yeah. Hey, guys, your point real quick before I get to tight ends. Yeah, Shanahan's on a totally different level. I think it's funny when people uh, talk about LaFleur coming from the Shanahan tree. You watch what San Francisco does. I mean, they're covering up Purdy. Um, his, his scheming is on a whole different level. But, yeah, Nelly, how long have we been talking about the Packers needing a playmaking tight end? And it's not like they're not – I mean, they've invested, what, now, two third-round picks into guys uh, with DeGuara. Ugh. And um, uh, who's the other guy? Sternberger, Sternberger, Sternberger the guy yeah. that flamed out. It's terrible. But I'm He's watching Sternberger. those games over the weekend, guys, with, with Goddard, Kittle. How, how many catches did Kelsey have in that game? Um, I mean, the, the Packers need a guy in the, in the middle of that offense oh, like that. But, Jesus, what's the, the best tight end that we've had, guys, I think, is Dick Rogers over the last, like, what, dozen years? Yeah. And God bless Dick Rogers and the Motown Miracle. Rough hands, dirty boots, and farming roots. It's all we know. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Really looking forward to seeing a lot of folks today at the UW Ag Outlook Forum. Starts about 9 o'clock this morning with uh, registration. Goes until about 4 o'clock this afternoon, all on the UW-Madison campus, Union South, to be specific. Charity Seebecker, Stephanie Hoff, myself, uh, we'll see if Carrie Mess can make it all going to be a part of the activities. So uh, be sure to tune in tomorrow for a recap on some of those conversations. I'm Pam Yankee. Really glad you're along with us. Today, if you're wondering, we're going to see a daytime high right around 33 degrees. Not much in the way of sun again today. Tomorrow, 70% chance of snow showers. 31 are expected high. So today is January 24th, Tuesday, January 24th. What can I tell you about this day? On this day, back in 1835, slaves stage a rebellion in Brazil to end slavery. And it was an instrument they used to successfully end slavery. 
on this day back in 1835 in Brazil. On this day in 1848, the gold rush begins in California. Some 300,000 people traveled to California after James Marshall announced that he found gold at Sutter's Mill in Coloma, California. The gold rush in California begins on this day, 1848. On this day in 1984, the very first Apple Macintosh computer goes on sale. The Mac, as it was called, was the first commercially successful personal computer using a graphical user interface and a mouse. Life changed on this day back in 1984 with the Mac going on sale. Happy birthday today to singer-songwriter Neil Diamond. He is 82 years young today, and now you know. Well, we can't know everything, right? We're months away from the beginning of our Wisconsin fair uh, meetings, our fair gatherings, but already plans are being made. It's about entertainment, it's about what's happening in the barns, it's about parking, but it's also about crisis management. During the recent Wisconsin Fair Association's convention in Wisconsin Dells, county fair officials were challenged with what could happen, namely a crisis. Could be a crisis in the barn. We've seen it already where uh, something contagious ends up in one of our barns. It could be something on a grander scale that causes more threats to more people. Whatever it is, be ready. That's the advice from Alicia Schultz. She is one of the fair officials from the Ohio State Fair. Now, the Ohio State Fair has had different crises that have uh, unfortunately hit their fair. Her advice is plan now and make sure that you've got backup plans for any potential crisis. First, there's that step of like the crisis evaluation and and figuring out what are these potential scenarios that could happen. But I also think it's important to come up with a crisis communications plan, which doesn't need to be a super extensive document. I mean, it can be, but just thinking about what it is that you would need to plan for, for your fair and how you would communicate. So thinking about internally, how you would communicate with your staff and volunteers. If something happens, people are going to ask questions the first person they see at the front gate or whoever answers the phone and what are the most frequent questions that people are being asked and how can you internally make sure that they have all of the answers to those questions. That's Alicia Schultz with the Ohio State Fair. Now that fair is a good-sized fair, 12 days long, and encompasses about a million visitors that come through the turnstile. And Alicia Schultz says that regardless of size, Crisis management is in the hands of a lot of volunteers and you need to make sure that they're ready. After a crisis, whatever that area may be, certainly everything's going to be under scrutiny related to that at your fair or at your festival or in your community. And even really, if it's something that happened at a neighboring event or a neighboring county, people are going to have questions and want answers, and they're going to continue to really scrutinize what's going on. And so know that that's coming, but also be aware that it's an opportunity for you to be transparent and share a lot of proactive, helpful information that answers those questions. If people want to talk about a particular topic and you have your county fair expert who's willing to um, alleviate concerns that individuals have, that will really go a long way. Again, Alicia Schultz with the Ohio State Fair. She was one of the breakout speakers during the Wisconsin Fair Association convention up in Wisconsin Dells. 
They experienced a major crisis. They figured out how to deal with it. Now she's sharing her insights with other fair folks across the United States. She also tells us how things have changed when it comes to managing a fair. So, you know, it used to be called the golden hour, that you've got about 60 minutes to be able to communicate and get the message out. But really, that's not the case anymore. It is the golden now. Everyone is going to be talking and turning and looking to social media for answers on what's going on. And they're going to be looking for you as the fair for those answers if there's a scenario going on at your fair. And you can't prepare for everything. You don't know everything that's always going to happen. But having those plans in place and resources so you've got your social media passwords and you know how you're going to communicate. Instant communication. She is exactly right. Alicia Schultz, again, one of the staff members from the Ohio State Fair, helping others involved in fairs and festivals figure out how to handle a crisis when and if it occurs. Markets and overnight electronic trade on a Tuesday morning. So far, holding firm. We've got John Heinberg coming up in just a moment. Markets are next. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. I've had the opportunity to be involved in several programs in the Wisconsin Farm Bureau, one of which was the Farm Bureau Institute. It's a great leadership program to help develop leadership skills, whether it's social media skills or the opportunity to speak to legislators and learn different ways and tools you can use to help get your message across. WFBF.com. They've really helped my leadership develop. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Well, yesterday in Chicago, we saw the barrel cheese gain nine cents, rallied back to 167. 40 pound block cheese was up 15 and a half on Monday to $1.99. Double A butter, that dropped four cents, closed at 228 and a quarter. So far this morning, February milk is up three at 1870 100 weight. Dow Jones Industrial Average is a little soft. Our December corn also down about a penny right now at 585. November soybeans up a penny and a quarter, 1340. July wheat currently up a penny, 731 a bushel. More on those markets with our friend John Heinberg in just a moment. Some congratulations to some of the new leadership for the Dairy Business Association. Last week during their annual Dairy Strong Conference, they announced that Lee Kennard from Kennard Farms in Casco is going to begin a two-year term as their president. Lee's been on several different boards, including Peninsula Pride Farms and Farmers for Sustainable Food. He was also, obviously, most recently vice president of the Dairy Business Association. Lee Kennard taking over as DBA president. They also elected two new board members that included Christopher Schneider, who works with Nicolay National Bank, 18 years of ag lending experience. He's also in leadership positions with Peninsula Pride and Wisconsin Banking Association. Jesse Dvorak is a dairy farmer and custom operator in Greenleaf. They have been, uh, he has been selected to be involved in the board of directors for DBA. And Amy Penterman, the outgoing president of the Dairy Business Association, becomes president emeritus. Some of the other board members that will continue, Greg Siegenthaler from Grande Cheese, 
Steve Bodart from Compere, Spencer Frost from Frost Farms in Waterford, Paul Fetzer from Fetzer Farms in Elmwood, Bob, Dr. Bob Nagel from Wholesome Dairies in Hilbert, and Kevin Collins from Collins Dairy in Greenleaf. Congratulations to all. And they also re-elected three dairy farmers to their board of directors. Dairy Strong keeping Michael Crinan, a dairy farmer from Lake Benton, Minnesota, on board as one of their advisors. Heidi Fisher, dairy farmer from Hatley, Wisconsin, stays on the board. And Josh Meisner, dairy farmer from Chile, also serving on the board. Brody Staple from Double Dutch Dairy, who was EDGE president since 2018, will continue in that role. So there you go. Just a little background on some of the activities from Dairy Strong. Well, is Dairy Strong this morning? What's he going to talk about at the Ag Outlook Forum? We are talking about it next with our man John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Here, the temperature is always a comfortable 68 degrees. No cold, no wind, no rain to interrupt your play. At Hook and Fade Golf Simulator Lounge, you'll experience courses from around the world. Then celebrate your round of golf with a round of drinks. Hook and Fade Golf Simulator Lounge, South Hamilton Street. Madison's most realistic indoor golf simulator. They provide the gloves, clubs, and balls. All you have to do is swing. Book your tee time at hookandfade.com. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. The whole point of a turnkey installation is that you don't have to do anything for this system. We do it all. All the permitting, we do all of the work. Anything that needs to be done to make this system up and running and good, we take care of it for you. It seems like it never fails. I, I get a customer turned online and their solar is producing. Sure enough, that next month they want to show us their bill. Look, zero dollars. Go green, save green at OlsonSolarEnergy.com. You're worth so much more. Have you ever had the choice to accumulate wealth or go into debt? Let's play Would You Rather. Would you rather have $190,000 in total compensation or be $29,000 in debt? That's the choice between paying for a bachelor's degree that might not even land you a job or an apprenticeship with Liuna that will lead to job security, a pension, stability, and a lifetime of great wages. You're worth so much more. Go to liunawisconsin.org join to learn how to accumulate wealth instead of debt. The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They take forever to return your call. When they do show up, they leave your house a mess, and then they throw in weird surprises. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who does return your calls, leaves your property clean, and never any awkward surprises. Swipe right, and let's get the conversation started with a complimentary estimate. ActuateLLC.com. Design. Create. Actuate. Bringing home the bacon. Literally, this is the Midwest Farm Report. See you a little bit later this morning at the UW Ag Outlook Forum happening all day long on the UW campus. Uh, we've got uh, the man that's going to be at the podium along with us this morning, John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. I don't want to exhaust you of all of your knowledge, but I do want to start, John, with the dairy complex. Yesterday, we got a pretty good rally on barrel and block cheese. Just kind of curious. Last week, we gave it up just about as fast. Yesterday, we tried to gain it back all at once. What was going on? 
Yeah, this has been a heck of a move in the cheese market over the last few days. It's been very uh, actually depressing in terms of the values continuing to slide. We're seeing some pretty good inventory build, and you know the barrel inventory is definitely a little bit stronger in terms of the block inventory. You know, not sure what gets those anomalies like that type of a jump, but it is that time of the year. It is the NFL playoffs. It's pizza season. We're seeing some kick up in the mozzarella trade. Typically, in the situation like that, there must have been an end user out there that was looking for product and wanted to buy aggressively at those prices. Price levels and that got us the jump. Now the key will be: does that continue to recover and we see some more strength? You know, maybe there's an importer that's coming into play, so you know, individual data is just you know not clear in that regard. Now, is this a turn that'll be coming figured out over the next few days if the price of cheese can continue to climb, or is this just a one-day anomaly? You know, right now in terms of the milk market, everything you kind of continue to read and see that fluid milk is very available, cheese production is running strong, demand is choppy but improved because again the this time of the year with the with the pizza season and the football playoffs and you know the Super Bowl just right around the corner. Yeah, that is the time we key in on dairy for sure. Let's pivot a little bit while we wait for that cheese story to unfold a little bit more and focus in on livestock. We don't talk a lot about what's going on with the cattle complex, uh, John, or even the pork complex. Where do they stand for this first quarter of 2023? Let's get touch on that hog market first. That hog market's just basically been bludgeoned here over the last couple of weeks, and it's just been a, a free fall in terms of money flow out of the hog market. Now, a combination of things are happening there in terms of those hogs. The cash market is just dealing with a lot of supply. we got some demand concerns. You're watching Chinese pork prices continue to tumble. Packers are not bidding up for on the cash market, and the futures market is just sliding with it. In fact, the April contract's trading about $11, $10 off of its most recent recent high was as much as $12 off the high, maybe trying to find a bit of a seasonal bottom here, but we need some fundamentals to turn around. I still think the hog market's got some value in it going into the spring. The numbers are still down. The demand is still overall, at least domestically, still pretty good. Uh, but right now we just got a little bit of a backlog of hogs. Some of that's tied to the weather at the end of the year here with the winter weather that came through in the Midwest, you know, just kind of backing up some supplies. So that hog market's got a little bit of work to do right now for producers and, you know, hopefully turn around things and get some prices moving over in the cattle complex we're still seeing what we constantly been talking about tighter cattle supplies going forward we just had cattle on feed and reports here this week you're looking at cattle on feed down three percent from last year placements down almost eight percent from last year again that's just showing that that tight cattle supply comes, and a lot of that's going to get tied to those cattle numbers that are out there we got cattle inventory report coming on the end of the month here as well. And we're really going to be watching where the cow herd is. You know, last year we put in a record cow slaughter, over 4 million head, largest number over top of the previous record since 96. And then on top of that, that means a call rate about 13% in terms of beef cows. That's being reflected in those longer term prices because just the cattle are not out there. I've got to ask you, though, along with that, are they uh, taking into account all of the dairy beef that we've got out there, I mean, that that is the trend that's been happening in dairy. But I'm just wondering if those numbers are accounted for in these reports. No, typically in those reports, no, they're not. I mean, obviously the placement numbers and animals of going into feedlots, yes, dairy beef is counted there because, again, that's lots over a 1,000 head of capacity, you know, looking at it that way. You know, obviously cow slaughter that's gone in that place in terms of maybe the hamburger markets may be a little bit different in terms of some of those, uh, you know, lesser price cuts. You know, because when you see the prices in the store, things such as hamburger and things of that nature really haven't moved a whole lot even through all the price changes. You know, we saw some movement higher in retail value, but it's kind of 
held in there fairly well for the consumer. You know, the the consumer demand's still a key here in all the in both these two markets. Prices are high, but the consumer seems to still want to hold in here and buy U.S. beef, buy U.S. pork. As long as it can do that, that's going to keep this market supported. And uh, you know, like you said, domestic. So long as we keep doing it, any rumble, any word on China. I saw pictures today about. How the Lunar New, or I shouldn't say Lunar New Year, their New Year travel is going bananas. Are we starting to see anything open up there? You know, that's still going to be a longer term story as we go into the 2023. What happens with the reopening and their change from their COVID zero policy? You know, it's going to affect the energy markets if we see that travel. That's some of the reason we got the little uptick in crude the last week or so here. They've got a good demand for U.S. beef. They were second largest purchaser on the export market last week of U.S. beef. And that's been a market that's really exploded for us there, adding to just some of that strength in that cattle market. You know, the hog market's a different story just because of the amount of pork that that they produce and the way their industry is working in that regard. But if that story continues to build that, you know, we could see China come back and be a commodity buyer, which has been a concern so far over the fall. Oh yeah, definitely. That's been a concern for, for quite a little while. Well, good enough. Are we going to be dazzled by you? What are you going to focus on at uh, the UW Ag Outlook Forum, John? Obviously, we're going to be touching on the grain markets and the outlook for the year. We're going to be talking about some of the macro things that are out there that we need to keep an eye on, as well as you know just what's happening, some of the current trends, and just a few ideas for our producers to start thinking about. Because, again, as I've said before, there's a lot of still good value out there in these markets. We saw a little weakness yesterday, so you can see how quickly prices can erode and when the stories have a tendency to change. Oh, for sure. And like you said, this is one of those banner years when it comes to risk management. You're, you're, it's not going to be the exception. This is going to be the rule for sure. Very much so. Again, the cost of doing nothing might outweigh, or might outweigh the cost of doing something right. to protect yourself. Yeah. How can they get a hold of you, uh, notwithstanding the UW Ag Outlook Forum, John? Sure. Give me a call, 800-334-9779. Shoot me an email at johnh at totalfarmmarketing.com. And again, don't forget that website, totalfarmmarketing.com. All right, buddy. Travel safe. We'll see you later this morning. Sounds good. And have a great day. Have a great week. All right. John Heinberg joining us live this morning from his office uh, just outside of West Bend. Again, like he said, totalfarmmarketing.com. That's how you can find him and all the rest of the staff. Or, as I said, you can find us all a little bit later this morning at uh, University South on uh, the UW campus for the annual UW Ag Outlook Forum. We'll have all the details for you tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday. This is the 